frame it in the recovery way you know they say that uh, the root of the problem is self self-centeredness self-obsession being extremely concerned with the self but then the obsession the meaning of the obsession would be given from the self really it wouldn't be the obsession it's actually the obsession is giving the meaning of a self but the way when you're in self you feel like it's the self that's be that's doing the obsession yeah so you're obsessed with self, but you are feeling like you're a self being obsessed with self. Yeah? So then you get into the dilemma of self can't get out of self. So you're basically screwed in a way. Because yeah? if you try to get out of self, if you take like a two-year course on how to get out of self, that would be construed as how, you know, self trying to get out of self. Yeah. So if you took a course on obsession with self, that would be looked at as a form of obsession with self. <laughs> so you can't sort of get out of self with self. It's the, 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 the one vehicle can't take you out of the other vehicle. Yeah. Now the problem, the dilemma is, is that uh, selfing is just a vehicle in a way. Mind is, in that, in, is engaged in that vehicle selfing, so now it sees everything from a point of view of a, of a self. So everything pertains to me. So like a simple example, when I was young, I was walking through the hallway at school one day, and I was about 11 years old, and a pretty girl said hello to me, and I, won I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours. Yeah? The only way I could look at that event was how it pertained to me. Does she like me? Doesn't she like me? This and that. And I, I was, my mind was constrained by that frame. Yeah? I couldn't see outside the box. I could only see everything as how it pertained to me. Yeah? That's the, that's, that, that's the bondage of a self. So the mind, let's say, is like the sky right now. Yeah? And then the sky is allowing this incredible amount of strata of clouds to move in. Let's say that's the mind stream. Yeah? So the mind stream is going through this context of mind, and our attention and interest has lost the sense of the, of the sky itself, and we're sort of very concerned with the strata, the cloud. Yeah? The, the clouds are moving, but the clouds seem to pertain to us. So our mind is very engaged in sort of ch charting and going over how the clouds are, and it misses the whole context of the sky. Yeah? Now, every cloud that's ever appeared on the sky, has in this, seemingly in the sky, has never affected the sky itself, has it? It just appears in it, and it does its thing. When it rains, the sky doesn't get wet, does it? No. When a bird shits... It doesn't land on the sky. lands on your car, yeah, usually. Yeah. If there's 4th of July explosions, the 4th of July explosions don't cut the sky open, do they? The big explosions and all this light, but nothing actually shakes the sky up at all. If a plane's flying through the sky, you never hear a report that it called the, the tower and said, I ran into a big chunk of sky up here. Yeah? There's no thing called the sky. There are things that we call clouds, and there are things like fireworks, and there are things like birds, but they're allowed to appear in the sky, but whatever they do doesn't affect the sky. Yeah, they just appear in it. Yeah? So the sky is just like this open context of space, and tons of stuff is appearing in it, day in and day out. Well, that's like what the mind is like. 
So the mind is sort of like that sky, and then there's a stream of mind called self, selfing. It's like a mental process that's sort of like a contrail in the sky. And we follow that trail, and it has a, it has a past and it has a future, so we see it in the past, and we project it as going to keep going on. But it takes our attention off of the spaciousness of our mind, and we get very claustrophobic because everything becomes about us. Yeah? All the thoughts are about us. Every feeling that ever passes through the body, it's my feeling. Every thought is my thought. The time is my time. Problems are my problems. Girlfriends are my girlfriends. And this whole idea of being the owner of the, or the proprietor of captures the attention and interest of the mind, which could be engaged right now in enriching your life and is actually being engaged in a way of enslaving your life. Yeah? Because why can't you go to sleep at night? You're up at three in the morning because there's thoughts about what you did or you should have done during the day going over and over, being replayed constantly. Why can't your attention be pulled off of that? Because self can't get out of self. Yeah. If you're taking yourself to be what the thoughts are about, you'll be totally engaged in the thoughts. Yeah? It doesn't matter if you try to make them all good thoughts and then try to get rid of the bad thoughts. You're still engaged with the thought system as the thinker of it. Yeah. You cannot get out of that. A product of a mental process can't leave the process that's making it. So the idea of being a self, you did not have it when you were a baby. We grew into it. They say about 18 months, the sense of self and other starts appearing in the mind of a baby. And at that point, the selfing starts... And then suddenly, instead of our attention being on what's going on and feeling everything and being totally engaged with what's happening, we now start observing everything as how it pertains to us. And we re- and everything isn't really sensed or felt. It's sensed or felt and then interpreted. Yeah. What does this mean to me? What did I do? What shouldn't I have done? What have I omitted? What have I committed? And it becomes just this giant like uh, orgy of selfing. So the mind just starts thinking about itself all day. Supposedly you have 70,000 thoughts a day. Let's say you're aware of 2,000 of them. All of those thoughts, no matter how different they are, they're, old, they're held in one way, that you're the thinker of them. Yeah? There's a sense that you're the thinker of all these thoughts. As soon as the sense of thinker is in place, those thoughts have a lot of power over whoever thinks they're the thinker of them. Yeah? Like, your thoughts have very little power over me, but the same thoughts, if they're held as mine, have a huge effect on me. Yeah? You could be telling me how terrible you're feeling today, and basically, let's say it's about what's not happening. It has no effect on me. Yeah? But the same thoughts, if I'm having them, and they're held as mine or about me, they have a huge ability to affect my experience. So it's not the thought, it's the thinker. Yeah? That's what we're looking at. We're just looking at, instead of trying to con- you know, change and control and make what we feel, because it's funny, the only time you can say, I didn't want to feel something, is after you felt it. Yeah? So the feeling is already engaged, and then your mind goes, I don't want to feel that way. But you already felt it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something that precedes the mental interpretation of you, which is conscious contact. Yeah? There's consciousness that's in contact here. It's in contact with thoughts, it's in contact with feelings, it's in contact with things, it's hearing sounds, it's smelling, it's sensing. So there's like six gates consciousness is having an experience through here, 
and then there's a mental interpretation of that conscious event, and it's, I'm the one who's conscious. I'm the one who's seeing, yeah? I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who's tasting. I'm the one who's touching. And more primarily, I'm the one who's thinking. And I'm the one who's feeling. And I don't want to think this way. And I want to feel this way. And if I think this way, what does that make me? And if I feel this way, what does that make me? And then the selfing just blows up. Yeah? And therefore, so very slowly or very quickly, instead of being engaged in the conscious contact of life or having your hand on the pulse of living, you're now withdrawn into an observation of it, a mental observation of it. From where? From a point of view of self. Yeah? A very small little made-up precipice overlooking this whole thing called life. So now instead of life being seen as it's happening, it's now seen as it's happening to me. It's way too much. (laughs) It's way too much. Life's happening. You can sort of flow with that. Life's happening to me. All that gets engendered from that view is opinions about it. Yeah? This shouldn't be happening to me. Why is this happening to me and not to you? Da-da-da-da-da. And it just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Once you believe you're the doer of something, then you have the, the mind has the opportunity to think about what I shouldn't or should have done instead of just moving on, yes, to the next doing. Why does it that every doing have to imply there's a doer? Why does every feeling have to imply that there's a feeler? Why does every thought that's seen has to imply that there's a thinker of the thought, yeah? Can it just be seen as a thought? Can it be felt as a feeling? Yeah. Can it be experienced as an experience? Not as I'm the experiencer, but as an experience. Yeah. Could, could, could the verbs of life just be left alone as a verb? Why is there always a need to insert a noun in everything? Why does it mean that if there's something, if there's a doing, there must be a doer? Who says that? Couldn't there just be doing? Couldn't there just be feeling? Couldn't there just be thinking? Why is there always the leap to there's a thinker? And and I'm that thinker, and I shouldn't be thinking this way. So now I've got to start working on a system I have absolutely nothing to do with. And that's why it's so frustrating, because it doesn't behave. It doesn't follow your, I'm not going to have a bad thought today. And then you have a bad thought the next second. Because you have no power in the situation. Because it has nothing to do with you at all. The thought system is basically almost like the nervous system. It's also like the digestive system. Yeah, if you do, if shitty stuff happens and stuff like that, it's like eating like an eight-day-old burrito. It produces indigestion. A lot of more thoughts and feelings come up. Why is it that you do you believe that you're the you are the digester of your food? If you did, then you'd have so much guilt about the burrito you didn't chew good enough. Yeah, you'd have tons of opinions. Why do I eat burritos? Why did I do that? I, those beans should have been crushed at least 50 times. This flagellation or whatever is its all my doing. I'm farting. Because I didn't digest that burrito well. It sounds funny, but why don't I apply it to a much more subtle process of body and mind? The thinking. Why not, why not apply that you have absolutely nothing to do with it? Yeah, in a sense. Yes? Once you put the food in here, that's it. You, you don't run with the ball. You don't go down into it and, you know, get that acid going and stuff like that. And You have nothing to do with it. 
Yeah. But with this very subtle activity called thinking, we, we take ourselves to be the thinker. Has that brought you incredible value in your life? <laughs> then you become the owner of all these thoughts that can be incredibly insane. Quite a lot. It doesn't matter how good you've been for 20 years, you'll still have homicidal thoughts. Maybe not, I do. Things like that happen. All this comes happen. But it's not the thoughts. It's the sense of being the thinker of them. Yeah. The doing, I'll tell you, will straighten itself out as soon as there's not the scene that you're not the doer. Like this great master says, you don't have to give up your possessions. Give up the possessor. Yeah? You don't have to give up your thoughts. Give up the thinker. You don't have to give up the feelings because you don't have any say in the matter. Give up the feeler. You have a say there. Yeah? What would happen to all your problems if they weren't your problems? Find out. What would happen to all your thoughts if they weren't your thoughts? Find out. Yeah? Entertain some possibilities and see what happens. For me, I did. And now I've been traveling lighter on a consistent level for quite a long time. And here, there's basically two roads you can go. Either it's going to be heavy or light. Yeah? And there's a lot of degrees, but basically, you're either going to be traveling heavy or light here. And I'd much rather, I prefer the much lighter way. Yeah? Now, is there an I that's making that choice? No. There's mine that's choosing. Why, be, why is it that you have to think there's got to be a chooser if there's choosing? Why is there some re- there has to be a someone that there's choosing? Yeah? Can't there just be choosing going on? Why does oh choice choice implies there's a chooser. Who says that? Choice is just the happening here, yeah? You have a preference built in, you prefer oatmeal instead of like, you know, cream of wheat. That's not a fucking profound choice, you know? It's just the predilection of the system. You're an action figure, and you tend to go either one way or another way. But there's no, there's no little Wizard of Oz sitting there, you know, pulling the strings. Yes, go this way. Go that way. Look, find out. The show goes on so much better when you're not the director of it. And it's really easy to entertain that because you're not the director of it. There's no director of it. So in recovery, it's so simple, really, if you just go and listen to people share. I came in, I was in a very thick casing of terminal uniqueness for years. I didn't believe anyone ever thought like I thought. No one felt like I, I felt, and no one, definitely no one did the heinous actions that I had done in my life. And so, of course, if I wasn't sharing this with anyone, I probably can keep that belief going for quite a long time. I come into recovery, there's a lot of people there sharing their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions to life. And after a few months, I realized either there's only two conclusions I can come to. How did they get my thoughts, all these people? You know what I mean? How did they get mine? If they're so uniquely mine, how could Scott have them? How could Scott have the same feelings I have if they're so uniquely mine? They mustn't be mine. Yeah? And in fact, they're not Scott's either. They're just produced by a mind that's infected with alcoholism. Yeah? It's not like, I don't identify with who's here, I identify with what's taking them over. Because when you share what it's like to live under the tyranny of selfing, I've lived under that tyranny and I identify. 
If a normal comes into the room and we crack a joke, they usually don't laugh. Everyone else who's in recovery starts laughing because they identify with what it's like to look at life from that point of view. Yeah, it's like a it's like a helmet you've had on. It's like a foreign installment. It's not personal. It's there's not. It produces a sense of you or a you, and then the mind makes the leap, cuts the a out. Now it's you, and that's the bondage of self. The bondage of self is taking yourself to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. To be apart from everyone else. To be so totally unique that no one ever feels like you do or thinks like you do. Then you have total, you have no ability to learn from anyone else. And there's no relief because you're totally relying on the failed system. Yeah? Like it says in recovery, why do you have so much fear today? And he doesn't let us answer. He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Self-reliance is a failed system. Now, what would be the highest form of reliance on a system called self? One form of it would be being obsessed with it all day, but even a higher form of it would be identified as it. Yeah? If you, if you got past the obsession and saw the real cause is the identification as, you would see the obsession with it is how the mind keeps the identification in place. The identification is so foreign, in fact, so freaking foreign to take yourself to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, that it has to be, the, the glue to that idea has to be applied so much all day, and that's the basic job of the thought system is to keep applying through the thoughts, because all the thoughts imply that you're the doer, you're the haver, you're the thinker, yes? Not the thoughts, but how you read them, yes? So here's the thoughts, and I like to call them selfing, and then the mind's seeing them, and then the mind makes a leap, yeah? Here's acts, doing, 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 there must be a doer. Thinking, 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 there must be a thinker. Feeling, 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 there must be a feeler. It makes the leap. The thought cannot produce what's being produced. It's the mind's producing it. The mind falls for the system, and now it gives the system all the power the system has to fuck with you, basically. (laughs) And it changes dramatically. Once the thought isn't seen as yours, you have a lot more room with the thought. A lot more space. When it's yours, it's like orbiting around your little planet Paul all day. I, me, my, I, me, my, I, me, my. Yes? When they're seen as just a thought, they fire in and out. They come like a little asteroid and they leave like an asteroid. Do you ever know when a thought's coming? Like someone's thinking about me in Richmond and I, oh, I duck, you know, I can tell. Here it's coming. Have you ever seen it before it arrives? Did you see where the thoughts come from? Have you ever seen it? Does it say made in China as it flies by? You know, oh, there, the factory. I've been there. Have you? No. It appears out of seemingly nothing. And what sees it is consciousness. What interprets it is a mental process. The mental process is called self-centeredness, and it interprets it to mean something about you. Yeah? Are you. You buy, the, you buy it, the uh drops, and now it's you. If you see it, all it can do is imply a you, and instead of, as soon as you fall for it, it's not implying a you, it's you now. Yeah? The selfing is only implying there's a you. The mind makes the leap to feeling it's a you. And it is definitely a sense-felt thing. It's not like a thought. You feel like you're the doer of your actions, don't you? You feel like you're the thinker of these thoughts. 
you feel like, oh, it's, you sense it. And it's like that bondage has to be reapplied all day. You get a break at night, you go into deep sleep, none of that's there. And then you back up, as soon as you wake up, it's on again, you know? You really fucked up last night. <laughs> Today's going to be terrible. You don't see that as playing God? The mind tells you how you were, how you're going to be, how, how it is, how they were, how they're going to be, how you are. You don't see that as a system playing God? When you wake up in the morning and it tells you the day's going to suck and it's only 8 in the morning, that's playing God, isn't it? It's like in life, it's like a card game. Every moment you're being dealt a card, yeah? You don't get the 4 p.m. card at 8 a.m. Now the selfing tries to predict how the game's going to go. And mine used to say, it's not going to go well. <laughs> so why not just say, fuck it now. At 8 o'clock, get loaded, do something crazy. Because it's really going to be bad by 4, definitely. Yeah? But now, when that is disengaged with, you get the ADM card, you read it. You get the 801 card, the 802 card, and you play, and it's an activity. It's a happening. Yeah? The importance is mostly now, not there and then. Yeah? You're engaged with something shows up, you find out about it. Something else shows up, you find out about it. You're constantly engaged on the pulse. Yeah? You're not reading yesterday's take on the patient. You're actually sensing it how it is now. There's a, like an Alain Vital to that. You feel alive. Yeah, you finally feel what you've been so sorely lacking that you're spending $500 a night to try to get a shot of. Yeah? You start feeling that. Then there's no drive to spend $500 a night to shoot some coke. There's no drive to try to asphyxiate yourself at the point of climax, you know, in sex with a, you know, a noose. There's, these drives tend to disappear because you're actually satisfied. Yeah. You have a sense of well-being and wellness that allows you to really be engaged with like 11.33 on Saturday morning. Yeah? Which is the only place you're being fed right now. And a lot of the fate, how you're fed is by giving it away. It's the engagement with life that's the feeding of life. Yeah? While you're participating in it, you get fed. But try to, try to bring self to the table. It can't stand being here. Because it's not here. You cannot find a long-lasting, independent, separate noun in this moment. You can only remember it by thinking about it in the past and by your mind thinking about it in the future. Yeah? When you think about you, how does your thought system present you? As a body, doesn't it? For you to go back five years from now... You'd have to think of yourself as a body, let's say, in Costa Rica. Yeah? You can't think of yourself as a spirit in Costa Rica. Where would you locate yourself? Oh, yes, I was spiritually in Costa Rica. Where? What hotel did you stay at? You know? <laughs> You'd just be spacious, yes? But no, you have to picture yourself, the mind does, the thought system, as a body, doesn't it? What does it do? If it's your body that you're identified as, it thinks about it. If it's someone else, you may think about, oh, that, I saw that beautiful girl five years ago, but maybe for 10 seconds you'd be thinking about it, but you'd leave quickly. But because it's about you, seemingly, it's about this body called Paul, the mind thinks about it quite a lot, yeah? Why? Because in the thinking about Paul in the past, it remembers Paul now as a body, as this continuation of that Paul in the past, yes? 
It can't find evidence truly now, so it finds evidence in the past by remembering. So we're really basically remembered, the idea of being Paul. And we, the mind uses the thought system through the future to remember also. Remembrance is not just based on the past. The thought system uses the future. When you're worrying about you in the future, how are you pictured? As a body, yes? You're worrying about you as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity somewhere down the line. That's how you're remembered to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity now, while consciousness is expressing itself. And I would say that expression of consciousness is more you than any mental projection could ever be. Yeah? You are which is seeing. You are that which is seeing, but it's not a seer. It's just a seeing. Yeah? You're the awareness that's seeing. Awareness isn't a thing. You're the awareness that's feeling and tasting and touching and sensing thoughts. And that hasn't changed one lick. Not ever. It's not affected by what you've ever done, the most heinous acts that ever you ever did. If you went back to your hometown where you did it, there wouldn't be any plaque, oh, that's where you were the worst Paul that you've ever been. <laughs> None of that would happen. It's not there anymore. Why does it have such a powerful effect on you now? If it has no power whatsoever, it's not happening. So I don't know, I sort of, it's like a whole line of knots. I would say selfing is the first one, yeah? So the mind is, I would say, is pretty like the open sky. It moves through the, into this place through a frame of self-centeredness. So now, instead of being able to entertain and know the word serenity and peace, it's entertaining, let's say, the length of my pants. They're too short today, you know? Great hours. Or this pimple I think I have on my right ear. How can I get a pimple at this time of age and like this? And just obsessing over, does this person who's not here like me or whatever, you know? Instead of that, the mind would be entertaining other possibilities like peace now, let's say. You know what I mean? Serenity now. Uh, okayness now. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, I was once okay, I remember it. It was very fleeting, but I was once okay. And I'm really hoping I will be co- okay, but I know I'm not okay now. I know it. <laughs> That's the slavery. <laughs> you're all into being, I was okay, and you're really into being, I will be okay. But you can't stand, you, it's hard to entertain the possibility of okayness now. It's just, man, the mind looks at you like an urban renewal project. It's never, it's never going to be over. It's going to work on you. If this was really you, you'd have to work on it a lot. Yeah? If, this, if I was really this that has presented itself in this life, there would be all the reason in the world to be working on it 24-7. Yeah? And it was never going to end. But the whole relief was, I'm not this. That's the freedom. Yeah? The freedom from self is not to be a better one or to be free as a self. It's to be free from the idea of being a self. Yeah? To be free from that idea, that first link on the chain to this continual obsession with self. To have that first link broken, it weakens the whole chain. Yeah? So you get to be let off your own mental hook that you're fucking fine just the way you are right now and just the way you aren't right now. Yeah? That you're inherently okay. You're not here to accrue value. You're not here to achieve some crescendo that you're not in already. You're here more as a form of expression of the freedom that is inherently you. Yeah?
instead of working towards something, you work from something. Yeah. You work from the freedom, not towards the freedom. Yeah? You work from the peace, not towards the peace. You work from the love, not towards the love. Yeah? You realize every movement towards something that you already are is a movement away from it, actually. Yeah? When I'm trying to move towards peace, I'm reaffirming the lie that I'm not peaceful. Yeah? So let's question the lies that we buy that set us off on all these noble courses, and they're noble in a lot of views. Yeah? But where are they going? If you are right where you're, right where you want to be, then any movement would be a movement away from it, wouldn't it? If you are right where you want to be, then every movement would be a movement away from it. Unless there was an understanding of that, then every movement would be an expression of it, which is much different, yeah? I don't... I don't give a shit if I'm free or not next Saturday. This is the only Saturday I'd like to be free. Because this is the only Saturday there is. Yeah? At this moment. This is the one. I don't want to put it off to, I'm going on this retreat next week, so everything, being fucked is fine, because I'm going to be better next week when I get that, my own room, you know, (laughs) vegetarian meals all day, and they throw some massages in, meditate an hour or two, but I can call it a spiritual retreat. It's like a fucking spa, but... Sounds better. I get more, I, I accrue more spiritual value if I was on a very heavy retreat. You know? Why put it off? You're okay now, eh? Who says you're not? The God of self, yes? The God of self proclaims you're screwed. And we bow down to it. And then we take advice from it how to become unscrewed, which is the biggest fucking screwing of all. <laughs> Seriously. I'm serious. It will keep you moving. And cha- it will keep moving the bars, the hoops. The carrot will get shorter and longer. But you never reach any point. It never stops. You think you're, you believe that, oh, if I just get this and do that, I'm going to arrive. How long do you stay at the place you arrive at? You're immediately moving to the next arrival date, yeah? I used to use an old example of the person who's living in a one-bedroom apartment, having a really nice time. He sits in there, and he's got the Sunday papers, and there's a nice full-color layout of a beautiful uh, couch ensemble. And he looks at the couch, and it's a really nice couch, and he looks around his apartment, and he realizes there isn't a couch in his apartment, you know? And now he starts suffering the pangs of not having a couch. He was totally fine until he looked at this damn picture. And the mind just bought into it. Oh, I'd be so much better with a couch. And maybe I'd meet my, my future wife if I had a couch. And maybe we would conceive our first child on that couch, you know? And the mind just starts riffing on how it's great it would be to have a freaking couch all, all along just using it to point out that you're couchless, yeah? And uh, now you are fine. Now you're all disturbed. Now you're meeting through and then you're calling up your friends. You have a couch. Why didn't you tell me how important is, you know, resentments are flying. So now I say, I'm going to get that freaking couch. So you start working. Now the thing, the beautiful, you have no gratitude for the apartment. Now you I hate this apartment. You know? Fucking shit. I need that couch. It's really important. I know it. I know it's going to work. So then you work really hard and then you get the couch, you know. And you, the date's coming and you call up your friends for like a, count, a couch, you know, introduction party. No one wants to come over. They already got a couch. They know nothing's going to happen to you. 
but you believe in it's going to work. So you make it, you know, you sweep the floor, you make room for that couch, and they bring it in, and you're really excited, you know, it's like a great day. They put the couch down, and you take the, the, the plastic off, you sit on it, oh, it's really great. And then the mind's looking around, i got to get a matching rug, yeah? The arrival date's already gone. Now it's like that mythical there finally becomes here, and now it becomes not enough, and now another mythical there is put up, yes? So you're always moving from the invalidated here to a mythical there. And as soon as you arrive at that there, you realize it's only here. It's, it's here. As soon as it becomes here, it's not worthy of it. Now there's another mythical there. Move on. That's what's happening all freaking day. You think you're actually resting any day that you're off from work? You're on the... You're, you're being moved. The selfing is just moving you to the next purchase, the next experience, the next this, the next that. If I acquire, if I get so much, it'll finally amass to, I'm satisfied. Has that ever worked with shooting drugs? Did you ever hit a point where you shot coke and you finally went, that's it, I got it. (laughs) Cocaine has done all. I just reached the level of total satisfaction with cocaine. Thank you, cocaine. Thank you, Peru. Thank you, Escobar. Thank you all. I'm fine. I'm moving on now. Totally satisfied the rest of my life. Has it ever worked with any addiction? Has any addiction ever brought you long-lasting satisfaction? Has it? It wouldn't be an addiction if it did. There's spiritual addiction. It's the same thing. It's just clothed in a different way. It's the same thing. Uh, Knowledge addiction. Same thing. Self-knowledge will avail you nothing, like it says in recovery. Why is that? Well, any knowledge claimed by self isn't going to lead to the freedom from self. It's just going to adorn the idea of being a self with knowledge. Yeah, Just like the, the self will adorn itself with spiritual information. It will adorn itself with money. It will adorn itself with beauty. Everything it comes in contact with and takes advantage of, it uses it as an adornment. Yeah, So even knowledge... Any knowledge, yeah, any self-knowledge will avail you nothing. So why is that? Because the self has claimed the knowledge, and that knowledge will not lead you from self. No matter how much you know self, it's like the professor who studies holes, but he keeps falling in the holes. How, much, how, how valuable is that knowledge? He knows everything about holes. He can describe exactly what it's like, but it never prevents him from falling in. What's the fucking point? So it's knowledge from self. So you learn about... There's a great Buddhist teacher that said to study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. Yeah? Because when you study the self, you realize you entertain it may not be you. As soon as you entertain it's not you, you'll lose interest in it. Yeah? As soon as your interest is withdrawn from the selfing, the selfing loses its power over you. Yeah? It's all your power that you've given over to this identification process that the process is lording over you. Yeah? Like in The Course in Miracles, it says, you and I are the dreamer of this dream. We're dreaming this place. We forgot we're the dreamer, and we've given everything we dreamt all the power to affect us. Where we're dreaming this idea of being a long-listing, independent, separate entity. And we're believing it on such a high level, we're giving it all the power for it to affect us. Yeah, we live afraid every day. We live out in lack every day when we're the source of all of everything. We're living in lack of all that every freaking day. 
aspiring and hoping just to get a little smidgen of stuff. If that's not a form of slavery, I don't know what is. And it doesn't, does it ever stop? Every freaking day, you get up and you're on the hamster wheel. On and on and on and on and on. I go on, I used to go on hikes with people, and you could see their mind was about five steps ahead of them. They were planning where they're going to go to lunch. They were never in the woods. They could go home and say, I took this great hike today, but they were never in the hike. You could see them. You could watch their minds. And like, what, what, what hike are we going on next week? How about this one? Let's just be on this one today. You know what I mean? Let's plan the next hike. Why? This one. You know? Their mind is incessantly moving in this like giant non-liquid wave called time. You know? Being pushed on and on and on and on and on. Seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking. Never finding a lasting relief. At that point, you're apt to do almost anything. People spend 20 years in recovery and one night they've had enough and they go back out. They used to, a lot of them end up dead over the weekend. People I knew who are pros shooting drugs thousands and thousands of times, they go back out there dead that weekend. They overdose the first night. So if something wouldn't be about you, I, I, I guarantee it, your mind will lose interest in it. And that's all that needs to be extracted from the selfing is the interest that's put in it. Yeah, You don't have to change the selfing. That's what the mind's doing. The mental process of the mind called selfing is doing these kinds of thoughts. Yes? You don't have to change that. All you need to do is change where your interest lies. If your interest isn't in that activity, it will be somewhere else. Yeah? AA says, hey, perhaps there's a better way. Instead of trusting something finite, like the self, you'll trust something infinite, like, let's say, this. Yeah? In that process, you'll grow in an immunity to the advertising of the selfing. There'll be more space there. Yeah? And you'll see the difference. You'll see it as a foreign installment. You'll see it as a parasitical movement. You'll see it in the many different lights, but not as you anymore. Not as you. You won't be seeing from it anymore. You'll be seeing it, yeah? And there's an inherent freedom in that. You'll have a relief. To me, it stabilizes as a, as a way of traveling lighter every day, yeah? It doesn't say it's going to change the geography of my life. I'm going to get fired and things are going to happen. But I'll travel lighter over everything, yeah? And it's proven to be true over the last, I don't know how many years. It's, uh, it's totally, it's like... Um, It's like you can't, you'll, you can't know the tree, but you'll know it by its fruits. Huh? And like Jesus supposedly said, a good tree can't bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. Once you taste the fruit of this entertainment, you'll realize it's coming from a damn good tree. Yeah? And so you'll perch yourself, you'll park yourself under that tree. And then things just deepen. It's amazing how many flavors sense of well-being can produce. How many, how many uh, vistas of view of peace can, uh, can produce. Your mind will be engaged in something that's worthy of it, which is an infinite space, instead of this, this idea of being you all fucking day, you know? 
It's so much more relaxing. And then you're engaged here. And you know what? You won't be looking to be satisfied so much because you'll be what's bringing the satisfaction into your day. Instead of trying to mine satisfaction out of a day, you'll be the, you'll be the mine that you've always been looking for. You'll be mining it from your own location, right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary. The solution is available. Because the problem appears, when the problem appears, the solution's always there. The solution doesn't appear. It's always latently, imminently there. Once there's the problem, seemingly, then the solution is a solution. When the solution actually influences the event, you realize there is no problem, then there's no need for a solution. It's just what is. You're just inherently, deeply, not of this place. <laughs> I swear, if this was me, man, I would I wouldn't be doing this talk. I'd be busy working on it. I'd have to be going home doing affirmations or pranayama or yoga asanas because shit, there needs there's a lot of room of improvement for this. But fuck it, I've lost interest in it on a lot of levels, and this has gone this has gone so much better with not all that interest in it. It's just able to be. It's like I'm a free range alcoholic now, you know. I'm <laughs> fucking free from the coop, you know. I just run around, peck here, peck there, everything's fine. <laughs> One of the biggest ones, you'll get free from the need to be liberated. That's a really great one. You really will. The whole idea of needing to be liberated, it's, it's all about selfing. You don't need any liberation whatsoever. Yeah. This is like a mere bubble on a giant, like, vast ocean, this event here called living. You know? you think the bubble's going to influence the ocean? Give me a break. You are that. What you do or don't do here doesn't have any big effect. Yeah? It's like it's like a it's like a henna tattoo. Yeah, wipes washes off very fast. <laughs> There's no ink tattoos here. <laughs> You're not beholden to any action that ever happened. It hasn't affected what you inherently are, one iota, nor could it ever. That's why this I was reading this thing about Somebody went to see the Dalai Lama. I may be paraphrasing it badly, but he was a yoga teacher here in America, and he was talking about self-esteem. And the Dalai Lama knows English a little bit, but he didn't understand what he was saying because they don't have any idea of self-esteem in like Tibet. What the fuck are you talking about? Do you have a bad self-esteem? <laughs> you know what I mean? Who the hell? Who lacks value here? You know what I mean? Who's the one to say that you have no value? That you have to work on becoming valuable again. That's all. That's all the selfing, playing God. Yeah. I went to I went to Nepal and I met at one and uh, I brought up the, the term self and this and that and he just looked at me. He says, "All you do is get up, take a shit, eat, do whatever you do, go to sleep." What the fuck? You guys think way too much. You know what I mean? You're thinking way too much over there in the West. <laughs> much simpler. You know what I mean? What's yes, I'm trying to gather self-esteem by going on this pilgrimage. What? How can you polish? How can you... Are you going to make the mirror more... How can you... Can you brighten the mirror by polishing it? It's already got the reflective nature. 
Yeah? All you're going to see is your own reflection busily polishing it. Yeah? <laughs> Stand away and see your own nature, the original nature of your mind. You don't need to polish it or spit shine it or, you know, just fucking let it be. It's, it's incredible. You don't need to concentrate. It's more diffuse. It's more just dog shit awareness. It's just you're open and alive right now. As, as much as you'll ever be. You can have tons of different varying experiences, but the in, your inherent nature is just as it always is, right at this very moment. Yeah? Selfing is just sort of like, uh, there's the mind, selfing is like this frame. So the mind has this, but now the interest and attention, because the frame infers you, the intention of my mind tends to sort of contract it like a magnifying glass, and then the mind starts going through the frame. And after a while, it forgets that it's this whole spaciousness, yeah? And now it's seeing life from this little frame. And everything it magnifies, it doesn't realize that all it is is magnifying the idea of being a self, yeah? The magnification is when you're going over something in life, what's, you think you're magnifying that, but what's really being magnified is the idea of being you, yeah? It's like a reverse magnification, when you get so into this one little minutiae of your day, if I wouldn't have said that, the whole my whole life would have been different. Yeah. When you think going over that, you're getting you're getting enlarged. The idea of being you. Yes. So here's the mind, just like this, getting funneled into this small frame called self-centeredness. So in the frame of self-centeredness, the possibility is that you will be okay, or you were once okay, but never a, a deep okayness now. Yeah. So now the mind has this infinite ability to entertain, is entertaining in a very defined way. So it's entertaining through the dimensions of a self. It's such a small fucking window for this huge mind to be funneled through. Yeah? What's questioning that frame? If I'm not that frame, instead of my attention being totally on the one cloud, now I see the cloud, but I also sense the space around the cloud. I never lose the sense of the sky, no matter how many clouds appear. That's the mind. That's the faith in mind. Because the mental process is going to keep trying to present the frame. That's what it does, yeah? And if you buy the picture that it's you, that it's about you, your interest and attention, which is wide and diffuse, is going to go through that frame, and it's going to become an obsession with self. Yeah? That's how it's going to manifest. An obsession with self. If the frame is loosened up, it opens up wider again, it diffuses, and now you have a sense of presence. Yeah? You have a sense of awareness. You have a sense of space. Same mind, it's just what it's being funneled through. So let's question the frame. Am I that? And I am that long-lasting, independent, separate entity that fervently believes that he's a loser, that he's never going to be enough, that he's not worthy of unconditional love, whatever fucking old beliefs that are in there that are part of that frame, am I that? Am I beholden to that? If I am, then all I'm in, I'm on a work, I'm on a work farm the rest of my life. I'm just going to be working to try to unbecome what I think I am and become something that I think I'm not. Yeah? It's going to be like a giant work furlough forever. If I'm not that, I'm free range. Yeah? There you have it. Gonna have sunstroke. Be like a spirit. I'll, I'll call it a spiritual event, but it's gonna be sunstroke. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm going to pass out. He said, oh, he left his body at the meeting. <laughs> no, I just passed out from sunstroke. <laughs> this better story is, oh, he left his body for a while. That means he's something. <laughs> it's not freaking special. It's always available at all times with no requirements necessary. Yeah? Like they say in AA, are you willing to go to any lanes? Soon most minds hear that they think you're going to be put to this torturous route. Any lanes means no length at all. Yeah? Well, all you got to do is be willing. Are you willing to entertain the possibility you may not be that which you take yourself to be? Find out. See what happens. And then in a few weeks, if it starts working for you, just let the entertainment go on. Yeah? Once the mind starts fitting itself around it, it expands the idea. Yeah? Like it says in AA, you know, God will do for you what you can't do for yourself. Why not expand that circle of what you can't do for yourself? If that's the principle, God will do for you what you can't do for yourself, why do you want to keep the circle what I can't do for myself so small? Fucking make it a you. Okay, everything in there. It's the same principle. If you can do, if you can do what you can't do for yourself in one, you can do every area exactly. Once the mind entertains a possibility, it can expand on it. Yeah. If it sees one, if it has one experience where hey, there was no Paul at all there, then there's the possibility there's never been a Paul at any moment. Yeah. That's called letting the mind be unfettered. Yeah, Let it get the possibilities in there and see what it does. Let it entertain. This is, to me, when I heard this, it was a very novel idea. I heard a lot of other ni- ideas of how to improve myself and get to be the authentic self and then the, uh, the absolute self, but I never heard the idea that you're not one. Yeah, <laughs> And when I heard it, it was really fucking novel. And I went in there and I started entertaining it. I just walked around, I read a couple books... And I started walking around, entertaining it. And my mind latched onto that idea and I expanded on it. Jesus, if I'm not that, and then life filled in the after, after that statement. If, if I'm not that, I'm not bound to that. If I'm not that, I can be free from that. If I'm not that, blah, 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 blah. And all those following answers I found out about. They didn't come as knowledge, they came out as finding out. I entertained possibilities. I had no idea what was going on. And then things started to happen. And I find out, like it says in AA, I, I, I hit a point where I comprehended the word serenity. And I knew peace. I knew it. Yeah? I actually finally sensed it on a deep level. I said, oh, that's what they mean. Yeah? That's what they're implying. That's this whole point. You suspend this, this this huge drive to know. Your mind is more in a more virgin state of I don't know, and then it finds out about things here, and that finding out is much more convincing. So if you find out that you are not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, it can become like an unspoken yes that reverberates in all your days of yes and no, yes and no, close and far, high and low. Yeah, there'll be something behind it all that you'll know for sure. Yeah? You'll know beyond knowing. And that's reliable. 
that's something to have in one's life. That you can put to any test and it won't fail because it's always available at all times and it's inherently right where you are, right as you are. No matter how you seem to be appearing, as you are, it's right there. Especially in recovery. That's why I do these talks. That's what brought it out for me. I was in recovery and the suffering, the exquisite suffering people in recovery go through, even in Marin County, you know, I mean, people are exquisitely <laughs> suffering over the fourth house they're buying. Their fourth house. And yet, they have all the right in their mind. It's as, just as valid as, you know, uh, having suffering about not having a, uh, like a refrigerator box to sleep in at night on 6th, you know, 6th of the market. It's exact. The mind doesn't need any size here. It makes things out of nothing. Yeah. People who have a million dollars, if there's a belief that that's not enough, they're worried about having a million dollars. A million dollars that at least you could live a couple of months in Marin with, yeah, becomes more of a burden in a sense than a free... It doesn't induce a freedom. It's something to worry more about. What happens if I go lower than $999,000? I'm fucked again. You know? This is, it, the mind doesn't care how it looks. It just riffs. We're trying to get to the first note. The first note is what has you dancing to the whole tune. The whole rest of the tune has to produce, is the interest to all that, all the other notes is produced by the first note. Being that long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Being the thinker. Being the feeler. Being the doer. That's what locks you into the whole fucking story. If you're not that, you can be free from it. Any questions? See how it works. Yeah. Why does nothing has to be changed? So okay, that was it. Because what's unchangeable can't be changed by changing everything else. So the feelings can go on. So it's okay whatever the feelings are. Cool. Well, it's okay unless they're not okay to you. So is it better to have a positive feeling, a positive thought? But to who is it better? Just use, always use whatever's going on to ask a subjective question. See who it is that it's better for. Of course it's better in a way, but is there anyone it's better for? Yeah. What The system works better, doesn't it? Let's say if your system, uh, if you eat tons of junk food, the system isn't going to respond as well. Let's say. If you eat better food, it responds better. So obviously it's better to eat better food. Yeah? Yeah. And it's cooking up here. I don't have to go to the tanning booth, you see. It's pretty good. Do a talk, get money, and then I get a suntan, too. (laughs) Very inclusive. I always like it this way. Really, that's one of the biggest flavors of it, is, in my mind, the exclusivity of things was unbelievable. Everything was compartmentalized. 
then this started happening. Everything became much more inclusive. So, yeah, you can do what you like and you can do what you need. It doesn't have to be, I have to do what I have to do and not, and not do what I like. You can, it can be inclusive, yeah? Just, if your mind just would allow it to be, you, can, you can't imagine how things can go here. Yeah? If they stop getting so partitioned and segregated and all like that. Yeah? Yeah. I did Vipassana, yes. I did Vipassana and retreats. But I have no... In, uh, I have no, like, connection to any of it now anymore. I mean, even that there was Paul doing that. It's hard to... I don't see the continu- continuity. You know what I mean? I guess I was just asking if, if you would recommend it as a way of experiencing the way that You could maybe look at it that way. I, I would, the, I would like. There's a quicker way to me. Is that self-inquiry? Seriously, ask yourself a subjective question. So let's say if the mind's worrying about next week, you don't put much emphasis on what you're worrying about, but who's worrying about it. You know, just throw a subjective question in there because that it's not trying to affect the uh, direction of what's happening out here. It doesn't have an opinion about the worrying or anything. It's just asking who is it that's doing it. Yeah. That really worked for me. I did a lot of Vipassana and retreats in India and, I mean, Thailand and, uh, and America and stuff, but I liked uh, the self-inquiry, in a sense, produced a lot more results. Because when I asked the question, it would, it would produce like a pause, like it would be like a, a wrench in the works, and the works would stop. The selfing is an activity, yeah? And the, the subjective question would stop that activity and there'd be a pause. And what's there when the mind pauses? Yeah? That's what you get a hit of. You get a hit of your real raw mind. Yeah? You're taking an activity of mind as you, or as you're the one doing it, but you never really get a sense of what be- is behind that. And when I did the self-inquiry, that helped quite a lot. It would just stop it in its tracks, and there'd be a pause, and I'd be sitting there, yet there was a continuation. Yeah? When I stopped, there was still something there. Yeah, that was cool. Very easy self-inquiry, easy thing to do. Just throw a couple of subjective questions in during the day. Yeah? Like if you're at work and you're having a bad day, just ask who's having the bad day. Yeah? Like here, if I was into it now, I could sit, I'm feeling hot. I could ask, who's feeling hot right now? Yeah? Then my head would say, well, it's me. Well, then I could ask, well, who's this me? And just wait and just see what comes up. And after it spews out some of its patented answers, there's still a, there's a silence there that you'll confront. And 